You are now listening to the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. As always, I am your host, Daniel Lee, or Photos by DOWE. So today we're going to be talking about the end of Instagram as we know it. Bit of a different main topic and inspired by recent news and recent changes, but to be honest, it was reaching a bit of a bottom of the barrel when it comes to ideas, so this should work. Otherwise, going to just be discussing some personal updates and some news topics, pretty much the same as always. So to get right into it, personal updates, what I've been up to. It's been a tiring fortnight, tiring two weeks, I have to say. I mentioned last time that I got a new job. I started that. Yeah, this is this will be my third week coming into it now. It's been different, very different. It's good to be new, good to be learning something new again. There's a lot to learn. I won't say exactly what I'm doing. I'm working in financial crime, but that's pretty much, you know, all I'll sort of need to say about it. Don't need to say company and all that kind of stuff. If you look me up, you can sort of find yourself anyway. But it's very different to what I, well, not very different. It's similar to what I thought it would be, but at the same time, it is different to what I was doing previously. It's a nice change. It is tiring because, you know, there's a lot to learn. So been so tired every day, haven't really been sadly working out as much as I used to, mainly because even though we're in a lockdown here in Sydney, I do have to go into the office. We're considered essential workers since we're in training still and not able to do our job remotely. Eventually, I'm meant to apparently be able to be working from home again and working remotely, which I cannot wait for. But for now, we are in the office full time, five days a week, nine to five. So long days. Because of that as well, I haven't been doing any photography, but I have and haven't been writing any blog posts at all or, you know, Photos by Delia, I was meant to come with a blog post last week. I didn't do it again because I had no photos to show. I think I'm going to be dropping that down to one post per month, you know, for the forthcoming or foreseeable future, just until I start shooting enough to actually have enough photos for a fortnightly post. It might be a bit more sporadic, not on a set schedule, but we'll see how we go with that. I do sort of hope to get back to a shooting schedule. I have something I, you know, in mind that I want to do, just one photo of week, but sort of really go more all out with that photo and try improve the quality of it, the idea, the art of it, and not just simply take a photo for the sake of taking a photo, but don't like to make any guarantees of something I may not be able to do. So that's why it's just sort of an idea at the moment and nothing set. That's it for me. We'll guess we'll just hop right into the news. So the first thing I want to say, it's not really a guaranteed thing, but Canon Rumors did do an article. I'm not going to link it or anything, it's pretty easy to find, but supposedly there's going to be a Canon RF 16mm f 2.8 lens for full frame as well as a 70 to 400 millimeter with they're not sure what the aperture is they put it down as a 5.6 to 7.1 if these two lenses you know do become a thing and are real this is very 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 interesting and especially for the former lens the 16 millimeter f 2.8 if you listen to the podcast regularly you know that is my dream lens so you know enough said about that but don't need to say what i need to say but that's a very exciting lens if it does come true as long as the image quality is good. I'm sure it'll be a popular prime. Like some people seem to think that it's a strange focal length for a full frame prime, but I seriously don't think so. Look at the how popular 16 to 35 is. If you're a prime lover, why not own the 16 millimeter prime and a 35 millimeter prime, and then you have both and you're set. You can even get a 24 when it comes out, something in the middle if you do want it, if you do feel you need it. But for me, 16 and 35 is all I would need. Otherwise, a lot of lens announcements and even one body announcement in the past fortnight. So got a few of these. So the first one is the Yongnuo Wine 85mm f1.8 
RDF DSN lens for Canon RF mount. Now, very interesting to see, yeah, third-party Canon RF lens coming out. So this one is 380 grams. It has a DSM stepping motor, which, you know, stepping motor is meant to be better for video, but I personally don't like them. Uh, nine elements in eight groups, seven aperture blades, a control ring, which is customizable, sort of like what, you know, Canon do on their lenses, a rubber gasket ring, a minimum focus distance of 80 centimeters and a 58 millimeter filter thread. And all of this for 398 US dollars. Now, interestingly, with most of the previews on Petapixel when a new lens is announced, they include at least some photos or a video review or something. This didn't have any of that. So that makes me wonder what the quality of the lens will be like. Yongneo did go as far as to say, even though, you know, it's a budget lens, it's not built like a budget lens and it's meant to be of good quality. Although I wouldn't mind the f1.8 lens, you know, 85.18. To me personally, this wouldn't be something I would buy. Mainly because I don't know how good the autofocus on the Yongnuo would be to begin with. Stepping motor wise, you know, Canon use a lot of stepping motors and to be honest, I don't like them. After using Sony, I'm not sure if they're actually stepping motors that Sony use in them, but Canon's Nano USM is much, much better. You'll find with lenses like the RF, all the RF, more budget ones, 85, 35, 50, they generally use stepping motors and they're a lot more loud compared to what say Sony uses in their cameras. They're pretty much, sorry, lenses. They're pretty much silent. They do a much better job. Now, a lot of people think, but I don't do video. Why don't I need a silent lens? Why would you want a loud lens? If you, if you know, you could have two lenses, exact same image quality, exact same blah, 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 everything, but one autofocuses and it's loud. So, you know, say you're trying to do wildlife and it scares the animals or one that autofocuses completely silent. Which one would you rather? I'm sure you would want the silent one. Just sort of very simple, but for me, that's, you know, where the Canon RF lenses sort of let the system down in that sense is the AF motors. We'll probably wait to see Gen 2 lenses before these budget lenses get these Nano USM or whatever's more silent. My guess is that the Nano USM ones are just more expensive to make and that's why we see them more on the higher end L lenses and not these budget lens. But I guess, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see with future lenses in the, you know, that are released. The next one is from Nikon, which is a new APS-C body. So it's called the Nikon ZFC, which is a 20.9 megapixel APS-C camera. This one is a more retro look, meant to look very old film style manual camera, sort of like a APS-C mirrorless version of their Nikon DF. It is quite interesting. They went APS-C rather than full frame, but I guess they must have had their reasons. But with this camera, as I mentioned, 20.9 megapixel sensor, Got a fully articulating touchscreen, which is 2.36 million dots, which is really good to see them adding a fully articulating screen. 11 FPS with a 200 point hybrid autofocus system, which actually can cover 87% of the screen horizontally and 85% vertically when it comes to what area you can focus in. IAF for people and both animals, a dedicated ISO dial from 100 to 51,200. The body only is for 960 US dollars and you can even get off a special edition Z 28mm f2.8 for $1,200 which is pretty much that special edition Z lens is silver as well just to match the body. From what I've seen online you know Nikon have said that they the orders have expected expected you know exceeded expectations in terms of numbers and that they're you know going to have troubles fulfilling all of these orders because it's sold out more than that wanted. It's good to see that Nikon's selling well, but you know, no matter who says that Nikon, Sony, Canon, I always take it with a grain of salt. You know, you could expect to tell 10, but you've got 12 or 15 orders, and then technically that statement is true. But I see a lot of criticism as well that it's an APS-C camera, not a full-frame camera. 
I actually do wonder how well the Nikon DF sold. Because assuming I personally thought it didn't sell that well, because to me, if it had sold well, they would have done a DF Mark II, Mark III, Mark IV. And that camera came out, I think it was around 2014. So it has been a very long time. If, you know, it did do well, then I guess that is why we're seeing this ZFC, this one. And who knows if we'll see a Z6FC or something. I don't even know what Z, uh, ZC, I guess it would, Z62C, a more vintage style. I even know what the C stands for, to be honest. <laughs> Makes sense and we'll make it a V. But I guess if they add the V in there, kind of similar to Fuji's. ZV100, that kind of stuff. They don't want to confuse people and end up selling the wrong people brand stuff. Otherwise, also from Nikon, they did announce some extra lenses. So you have the Nikon 16Z DC 16 to 50 f3.5 to f6.3 VR APS-C lens. This color, this lens is a silver standard zoom, a 24 to 75 millimeter equivalent, pretty much to pair well with the ZFC. Only weighs 136 grams has a 46 millimeter filter thread, 20 centimeters as the minimum focus distance on the wide end and on the long end, it would be 36 mil- 30 centimeters, sorry, for the low price of $300 by itself. They also announced the Nikon Z 28 millimeter F2.8 special edition. So this one's 42 millimeter equivalent field of view, which is a bit, you know, less than the standard sort of 50, 35 you'd usually see. It's 160 grams with a 52 millimeter filter thread. A minimum focus distance of 19 centimeters and will also cost 300 US dollars. The final lens to be announced was not so much announced, but the development of a Nikon Z DX 18 to 140 millimeter f3.5 to f6.3 VR. It's a 7.8 times zoom lens for APS-C mirrorless cameras, and it is scheduled to release later in 2021. I think Nikon is in a bit of a difficult position in this sense because you know they need more lenses for their Z mount in general. It is interesting that they're sort of, you know, focusing on doing an APS-C camera already, whereas Canon still hasn't got a, you know, RF mount APS-C camera. I guess the difference sort of is that Canon has a mirrorless APS-C camera in their MF, their M mount, sorry, whereas Nikon doesn't have anything. So makes sort of sense in that, but I'm sure, you know, people would love to see full frame lenses at the same time to fill out their lineup a bit more. But with Nikon, you will find they sort of cover all the budget areas and all the main focal lengths already. It's just something, you know, there's always more lenses you can add, but at the moment, their lineup is pretty good. The next piece of news and sort of final one is, not final, final, but the Canon have finally announced the RF 14-35mm F4L IS USM lens. Now, this one has three UD elements and three aspherical elements. Apparently, it has a sub-wave length structure coating as well as air sphere coating which helps minimize ghosting and flaring. Like all other RF lenses, it does have the customizable control ring. When it comes to image stabilization, it offers 5.5 stops of IS alone or 7 when used with IBIS on the R5 and the R6. It has a minimal focusing distance of 20 centimeters with a nano USM motor that I was talking about before, should be more silent, and 544 grams which is honestly light for such a lens. It's actually a little bit lighter than the Canon EF 16-35, F4, and the best part of it all, it also has a 77mm filter thread on the front, so that means you do not have to have the hassle of rear filters. Any existing filters you have should work on this. And there comes the sort of the catch, it's a $1700 USD lens. Now when you convert that directly to AUD, that's around I think it was $2600 AUD now, 
usually you know that's not the fair price the fair price if you base it off that should be around 2400 to 2300 which is still significantly more than the 16 to 35 the ef lens which was only around 1500 that was a good lens as well but this one's two millimeters wider on the long end improved ibis you know and a lighter weight so it does sort of have its advantages that's for sure whether or not you know many people will be able to afford this lens that's another thing a lot of people were expecting a replacement to the 16 to 35 but you know this one's a bit different i could imagine maybe canon would be kind of good if they released a 16 to 35 or even 18 to 35 but make it more of a budget orientated lens some people might not be happy about it but don't make it an l reduce the fact like maybe just give it a basic weather gasket ceiling at the back you know a bit slightly less stronger build but still good image quality and sell that for cheaper and make this the more premium f4 lens if you want it but i guess we'll see you know how good this is once some more independent reviews come out because the time of release there was next to none it was just the usual bnh adorama that kind of stuff that did their preview videos i'm trying to stay away from zooms if you know this say this lens was about between 1000 to 1500 aud the same price as the 16 to 35 it would be an extremely tempting lens the main thing that usually puts me off something like a 14 millimeter is the fact that you have to use rear filters or get like a very big dedicated holder like i think there's a few u.s company branded ones that can do those i forgot the name of them big wine country or something some name like that something like that but they sort of had to have front filters nikon managed to do it with their 14 to 35 but at the same time nikon's one I don't think it has IS and it also only costs around 1100 US dollars. So significant difference. Maybe this one blows the Nikon away image quality wise. That's hard to say until we see more previews, but it is a very, very attractive lens. Just the price. That's the price. That's the biggest catch. It's been nearly a week, one week since it came, was announced. But here in Australia, they actually haven't released the official pricing. I've only seen two studio stores accepting or two or three accepting pre-orders, but none of them actually have a full price. They just have the pre-order price, which is two or three, 200 to 500 bucks. They don't actually disclose what the full pricing will be. To me, this is because just my guess, it's going to be extremely high, like 26, 2800. And they don't want to shock people with that first. So they're waiting for that stuff to die down, especially the you know annoyance over this huge price. Then they'll sort of announce it. But, or the, maybe they're waiting for image quality previews to be out there. So people can see how amazing this lens is to justify that price. But either way, I've been very, very eager to see what the price will be. Mainly because I just want to see if it's, you know, really, really expensive like I think it will be. But if I was going to get something, it would be that 16mm f2.8 if that is announced. So that's it for the main news topics. I'm going to just cover one more, which is sort of like the main topic as well. Thought I'd do it a bit different about Instagram is no longer a photo sharing app or website. So if you read Petapixel, you would see this topic. And it's not even a clickbait title that's just sort of someone's opinion. It's news. So the head of Instagram, Adam Masseri, he says that Instagram is no longer a photo sharing app. So Instagram have had, you know, very strong competition in terms of YouTube and TikTok. So as you know, both YouTube, TikTok, they're very focused on video, whereas Instagram, you know, originally started out as being a photo sharing app. As you know, they've been changing. They pretty much just copy when Snapchat had stories and that Instagram added stories. Now with TikTok having their short videos, Instagram added reels, I think it is, and IGTV. They've sort of been slowly transitioning to that, but now supposedly due to that competition and apparently people saying the main reason they use Instagram is to be entertained, Instagram has decided to just focus in on video and no longer be about photo sharing. Obviously, I don't think, you know, say 
tomorrow they're just going to delete everyone's photos and only allow videos. It's just going to be slowly transition where they add more video features and not more photo features. So for example, if the max image size at the moment is 1024 pixels on the long end, I doubt that's going to change ever. It's going to stay that same or, you know, whatever. It's, they're just going to only focus on video, video quality, video, everything. Apparently they're even testing a new sort of algorithm that's going to be more about recommending content you may like in your newsfeed rather than what you actually follow. So say you only subscribe to 10 people just because you love their photography, soon you're going to be mixed with all this other stuff Instagram reckons you should be looking at, not the people you actually want to look at. Now, as you know, it's the photography enthusiast, not the videography enthusiast or whatever. So plus I don't actually use Instagram. So this doesn't affect me personally as much, but you know, I do know it will affect a lot of photographers who use it. For me perfectly, to be perfectly honest, you know, telling us straight how it is, I don't care. Instagram has never been a great option for photography. Even the way it displays images is so poor. If you look at something like Twitter, they're aiming to improve the way they, you know, both the quality, the way it looks in their feed, they stopped their cropping, although the cropping was meant to be related to something else regarding race, you know, that controversy, they managed to get rid of that by, but they did change it, that's the point. And they're also just increasing the resolution of the photos. So they displayed better and they look better. Plus, you know, with anything that doesn't let you see what you want to see, I would never trust. So for example, if you go on Flickr, you can, if someone posts a photo, you'll see it straight away there. If you go on Twitter, you can choose a chronological feed and see stuff when people post it. It's just Instagram and Facebook. They choose what you see and they deliver it to you. They don't give you the option of seeing what you want to see when you want to see it. So to me, you know, they'll never compete with something like YouTube, which lets you have your explore page where they recommend stuff to you or your subscriptions of when they post it. They need to really get out of that habit of doing that and controlling what people do and controlling what people look at if they want to improve. But to me, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm not sad that they're stopping the photography focus because now maybe photographers could actually use a website that actually displays their images properly and not at such a low quality that it's hard to tell if a photo is even in focus or shot well or not. We need something that's going to actually display our images in better quality. So I did an episode before on what I want to see from, you know, another website, whether it be Flickr or a brand new website. You just pretty much need chronological feed, have the images displayed in a high quality, and then like a very good community aspect where people can learn each other, learn from each other. Sort of like a forum built in where you can ask questions about lenses, techniques, all that kind of stuff, share your images. And I think one of the big aspects of Instagram, which I mentioned before, is the fact that people can find paid work off there or sponsors off there. So you need to be able to have that connection with brands as well. If I was to pick one place that you know should replace it, I think everyone should go back to Flickr. I'm not sponsored by Flickr, no affiliation with them, but I've been using it since, what, 2011 and I'm still using it. The main place I post besides my own website the place, you know, they've got everything except I'd say the community aspect. And I think whoever wants it will have to improve the app as well. Because a lot of people, you know, used to using an app from Instagram. So if they can get the experience to be seamless and the exact same, whether you're using your phone or your website, because that's one of Instagram's issues when it comes to photography has been, you can only really use it from your phone. Recently, they made it so you can upload photos from your website, but that, you know, for such an old app has only just happened now. Really, you want it to be the exact same experience on phone or a mobile. I think 500px was a lot closer to that, but Flickr never has been. So that's where they really need to invest their money. I feel like they sort of slowed down with new features as of recently, but they are doing them in the background. But 
just not as fast as you know some people would want them to see otherwise what is your take on it would you are you happy about this are you going to stop using instagram now that they've sort of put their focus away from photography be curious to know because for me you know never use it i'd say keep your account still just so that your username is there and no one can use it just don't use it like if you ever listen to this you want to follow me you see an old article of mine on petapixel i do not use the photos by dlw instagram page i don't even have it on my phone i don't log into it i don't check it even put on the profile that I don't use it. So if you ever message me on there and I didn't reply, I apologize. I do have the Mr. Meowpuss one on my phone. I don't like actively browse it or use it, but I do have it on there. Otherwise, literally email, Twitter, and that's it. That's pretty much the best way to contact me. My Twitter, TPE Twitter, or through my thephotographenthusiast.com contact page or Photos by DLWE contact page as well. Speaking of that, just a random thing. My Photos by DLWE was down for, I think, a day or two. It had been so long since I had even done anything with that. I didn't even realize. I tried to log on to it and I noticed it was not working with a critical error. The plugin that I used to send out newsletters or post notifications that had played up, which has been playing up a lot. So managed to fix it, but it's just, you know, annoying. Had to turn on my downtime monitoring again just to make sure it doesn't happen again. Or at least if it does happen again, I know about it and I can fix it sooner. Otherwise, sorry if this isn't like as big a topic or as in-depth as usual, but yeah, work's been tiring me out very tired right now. I could probably go for a nap right now if I actually like napping. But otherwise, if you'd like to, you know, see more of my photography work, although it wouldn't be as recent, you can visit photosbydlwe.com. If you want to check the show notes, you can see all the news articles. Otherwise, visit thephotographyenthusiast.com for more reviews, articles, previous podcast episodes. Please subscribe. If you want to, you know, suggest a topic to me, for me that I might be able to cover in, you know, decent detail, please, there's a form link on thephotographyenthusiast.com for the show notes for this. You can suggest a topic. Can't guarantee 100% I'll cover it because, you know, I don't want to cover something I don't know anything about, like lens A versus lens B when I've used neither. But if it is something, especially technique-wise, you know, art-wise, I'll try my best to cover it. If you do suggest it, please let me know. I'm open to suggestions. So yeah, thank you very much for listening and see you later. Take care.